0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our reading this morning comes from St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 through 45, and can be found on page 1571 in your pew Bible. Mark records. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. And again, he took the twelve aside and he told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. And then we'll hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. And three days later he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. "Teacher," they said, "We want you to do for us whatever we ask. "What do you want me to do for you?" he asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. How can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high official officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Okay, so we just heard the historical account of Jesus giving instructions on what it means to be great in the church. Did you notice, did you notice that Jesus does not use the word leader or ruler or any other kind of a title like that? Did you notice that? It is clear. It is clear that we are not to think in worldly terms at all. That we should count greatness only as Christ does. So, how does he count greatness? How does Jesus count greatness? Well, first of all, we are not to seize power, we are not to seize control in the church nor are we to use authority to rule over the church. Why? Because that's how the world does it. It is not the way of Christ. Christ does not, did not, do wonderful works of love in order to earn the praise of men. Christ did many wonderful works of love yet in the end in the end he was hated he was despised he was rejected and he was killed so if we raise ourselves up above everyone else by showing others how good we are well isn't that contrary To the example that Christ set for us and described in today's gospel? Does not our Lord state that we are to serve as slaves to one another? This means humbling and lowering yourself to others, this means counting yourself as superior. To no one. This means not insisting upon your rights before others, but instead yielding your rights to their rights. Now sometimes this means submitting yourself to the judgment and the criticism of others. Lest you go astray in faith because you are going it alone. Sometimes it means doing your works quietly so that others will not fix their eyes upon your goodness. Now our model for such behavior is Christ Jesus, who, although he was equal to the Holy Father in heaven, he made himself of no reputation. Taking on the form of a slave, he became obedient to the point of death. Even the death, a horrible, shameful death on the cross. Christ was above us all, and yet he condescended. He came down to take the lowest place. He became, as a criminal, a sinner, rejected by God and man. Christ performed the greatest service of all by laboring to free us from slavery to sin and death. And he became a slave for us so since we have been covered by the image of Christ in our in our baptism we too must become slaves our slavery to others means that we like Christ shall suffer as i said earlier he was betrayed he was scourged he was mocked and he was killed And we also shall drink from the cup of suffering as Christ did. And we do not share this rejection in order to atone for sin, nor do we drink so deeply from the terrible cup that he drank. Yet we drink. We do drink from that cup. For that is what it means to carry your cross. When we confess Christ before men, we will be rejected. Now perhaps we will not be put to death, yet we all die little deaths for the sake of Christ. Little death from a harsh word here, or the anger of a family member there, the burden of forgiving sins (laughs) instead of seeking vengeance, or a little death by confessing Christ instead of being people-pleasers. This is why many of us shy away from speaking the gospel to others, because we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of pain. But if Christ stood fast under the worst death ever, for our sake... Can we not endure little itty-bitty deaths? We must not look for worldly victories. You see, our victories will often look and feel like defeats. When a martyr testifies to the truth of Christ and is killed for it, that is a victory in the sight of God. And in the same way, the gruesome abomination of the cross is our greatest victory, though it looked like a defeat. To be great in the church is therefore not to stand in a position of human leadership. No. It's it's not even to be recognized as a loving person by those around you. True leadership, if you can even call it that, is to suffer in the image of Christ. It is to be rejected and hated For the sake of Christ, it is to be counted as a fool. To be counted as foolish because you confess the word that is foolishness to the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you seen it? Recently, Oh, that's a fairy tale. You pray to Sky Daddy. It is to choose works that are not glorious in the sight of the world, but rather to do the works that God had planned for you in advance. It is to do the works of God that do not earn the love of men. Now in the shadow of the cross as we enjoy these last days before Holy Week, we should especially we should especially repent of the times when we have tried to be human leaders and people pleasers. You see, too often we have tried to to get along with others rather than speak the word that offends the flesh. We have protected ourselves rather than embraced suffering. Our hearts yearn for good times and peace and the praise of others. The hard road is the opposite road. The hard road leads to our cross. We should freely admit to God that we have not desired to be the slave of all. In contrast, Christ willingly became the slave of all by enduring the whipping due to a slave. He allowed himself to be spat on and mocked as if he was no one of consequence. He became the least so that you and I could become great in the kingdom. And we know that by his death as a worthless slave, you have become sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. And more than that, you have become kings and priests before God forever. For the, on the cross, Christ gave his life as a ransom for many. And that payment he made was more than enough, more than enough to buy back all of humanity from the clutches of Satan. He drank from that awful cup He drank from that awful cup down to the last drop. And he even died for sinners such as you and me. We are the sinners that he died for who could never, ever pay back the debt that we owed, even if we worked for a million, million years. But his blood, his blood... Paid for it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. So therefore, true greatness does not come ever from human flesh. Amen? Okay. It does not come from merely human works of love. Amen? True greatness comes only from God. The Holy Spirit working through the word of Christ, declares you great in spite of your sin. Then the Spirit opens your lips so that you may give an answer for the hope that is within you. He did the same thing with the apostles who proclaimed the gospel even to the point of giving up their lives. Now the Spirit alone, the Spirit alone gives you true humility to lay your lives down as living sacrifices for the sake of Christ. The Holy Ghost alone compels you to look beyond this present life of persecution and instead to look beyond that to the glory of the world to come. When you shall, when I shall, with all the saints, sing for the praise of God who became a slave in human flesh. To him be all glory forever with the Father and the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.